Hey everyone, thanks for checking in again here at Great Hearts Table. One of the things that I love about the metaphor of a table for this is the way it suggests conversation. Now obviously direct and immediate conversation can't happen here like it does around a real table, but I am very interested in your responses, your questions, even your pushback. And my email address is in the show notes and I'd love to hear from you. This week's episode is, in fact, a response to a question generated by my previous thoughts regarding Christians as groupies. The question was a good one, which has led me to consider the difference that exists between groupies and mentees. I'd love to hear what you think. And thanks for listening. A few months ago, I reflected on what I called groupie spirit. This seemingly mindless tendency for many Christians to link their passions, their concerns, even their outrage, to a few prominent Christian leaders is something I sense in others and fear for myself. In response to those reflections, one reader, an Enneagram 6, she told me, though I don't know the difference between an Enneagram 6 and Apollo 11, challenged me to make my distinctions a bit clearer. In short, her question was this, what is the line between trusting experts and being groupies? Is it acceptable to look to those we trust for guidance and answers without falling into groupie status? That's a great question. Certainly it's acceptable and possible to do so, but the matter of trust is the key thought here. The kind of confidence we place in others has to be deeper than simply that they have an opinion and reasons to support it. It's character we want to reflect, not just positions. The way problems are approached and conclusions reached are matters of character. Those we deem to be the experts to whom we often defer will leave an imprint of character upon us. It's a concern for this imprint of the whole person upon us that separates the groupie from... And yes, this is a word, the mentee. In seeking expertise, we are seeking mentors. There's a level of relational proximity in a mentor-mentee relationship that shapes the mentee. The mentee learns from the mentor, not just a position to assume on a question, but also, and more importantly, how such questions are to be approached. Relational proximity allows the mentee to learn enough about the mentor to be able to measure and appreciate the consistency between what the mentor says and who the mentor is. Trust and respect grow alongside of insight. Oh, I've been a groupie, and it's left me empty. But to have mentors is enriching. This idea of relational proximity does not necessarily mean physical proximity. Oh yes, ordinarily a mentor-mentee relationship is local and allows for genuine interaction, but we can learn from those distant without becoming groupies. Relational proximity depends on a willingness to question and a determination to assess others' lives and not just their pronouncements. James Montgomery Boyce was an influential pastor and evangelical leader of the last century. Though his Harvard pedigree and his distinguished pastorate wildly diverged from my own less exalted circumstances, I learned from him. Though he lived in Philadelphia and I in Florida, we had occasional conversations. 
He spoke in my church, and I witnessed him in denominational meetings, slogging through the doll parts with the rest of us. I felt I knew something about him, not just about the opinions he held. I didn't look to him particularly for his opinions, but I respected him as being thoughtful, biblical, and pastoral. I felt I could trust what he would say. More importantly, I wanted to be like him. So, too, I gained trust in John Stott as a mentor of sorts, though he and I never met. Stott was an influential Christian leader, the pastor of an Anglican church in London, and a prolific author. My connection with him was not personal, but was through his books. I resonated with his scholarly care and pastoral sensitivity. His reputation as a man of Christian integrity and faithfulness was unchallenged, and I don't think I ever assumed a position because he held it, but though separated by a great physical distance, he shaped me. I wanted to be like him, too. Relational proximity, in the case of these two men, rested not on physical presence, but on the fact that I knew and respected more about them than simply what their positions were on particular controversial matters. Mentees gain more from others than their views. Groupies will become like those with whom they mentally spend time, and that's not always a good thing. Mentees, on the other hand, will be thoughtful about this and will seek out mentors whose character is the most like Christ, whose heart is the most gentle, and whose thoughts are most generous. When expertise is needed, find someone who has that expertise, but cautiously. It's better to go into the future without the counsel of the so-called expert than to attach ourselves to experts who, in the end, misshape our hearts. And those with whom we pastors especially spend time, whether in person or through some type of media, as they shape us, will in turn shape our congregations. My questioner, though, will be fine. She's really not groupy material. Maybe that's because of her Enneagram number. Maybe it's because of her astrological sign. I don't know. But maybe it's because the God who began a good work in her is continuing to make her Christ-like. She is, in fact, a wonderful mentor for others. Great Hearts Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. I hope you will email me with comments and questions so that I can better know you. And I hope you'll subscribe and encourage others to do so. Thanks for joining us at Great Hearts Table. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found called home. Take a left to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness. Oh,